0: hi everyone welcome to the understand the bible podcast the sermon today is on revelation chapter five the whole chapter and you might like to have uh, that chapter read on open in front of you on your phone or in your bible as you listen and just to let you know that we had a a little break last week thanks for uh, your patience while i I move house and uh, next week we will also be having a little post-easter break and then uh, the sermon will be back in two weeks time just to uh, just to let you know so thanks so much for joining me and don't forget that this is also available on youtube as well uh, in video format and the link for that is down below in the podcast description and if you'd like to support understand the bible you can become a patreon and once again the links for that are in the show notes down below so thanks so much i hope that you find this sermon edifying and a blessing to you and i look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks Well, a few years ago, I was uh, down at St. Paul's Church. I I can't remember what what the context of this uh, was, but I was down there chatting with uh, some of the folk from St. Paul's. And when I was there, we were talking about what had happened in the past. And um, I think one of them was saying that um, in Easter, Easter Day, years before, back in the 1960s, I think, then they had to have six services on Easter Sunday to accommodate all of the people who wanted to come to church on Easter Day. And I thought, wow, that must have been a, that was a lot of people. And there were fewer people in Clacton at that point. you know, So that was a, a, a large number. That was back in the 1960s. But today um, we, and I'm, I'm sure all the churches in Clacton, we just really need to have one service on Easter Day, or you know, a couple of services, um, the normal services that we have, because we don't have hordes of people who want to come and worship at Easter time. And it, it does seem to be a general pattern, doesn't it? That, I mean, particularly perhaps those of you who've, who've lived through that time, it seems more and more that Christianity and Christians are being marginalized, and we seem very small in number. And it seems like you know, we are becoming more and more a sort of tiny fringe minority in the country. And it, that, that kind of thing can get to you, can't it? You know, that attitude, you can be thinking, well, you know, we are, we, we feel a bit small, we feel a bit sort of oppressed. But actually, in a sense, the truth is actually the opposite. And that's what I think this passage is, is good at showing, uh, that actually the truth is, is the opposite. We're not an oppressed minority, As it were not in the cosmic uh, scheme of things so this passage starts out this passage from Revelation um, with John having this vision of a scroll I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals now what's this scroll all about Uh, if you carry on reading through Revelation then the scroll is to do with the the whole of human history as it unfolds that's what the scroll is, is is about it's about history it's about human history and all of the all of the events that happen and the question is who is able to make sense of human history who is able to make sense of all the all of the events that happen in the world can anyone make sense of it and that's why it needs someone to come and open the scroll but Uh, John says, no one is found worthy. And verse 4 says, John wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. So it's something that no human being, no mere human being can open the scroll because no human is, is worthy to do that. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and it's seven seals. So the lion of the tribe of Judah is able to, uh, to open the scroll. And of course we, we know who, who that's referring to, don't we? You know that's, uh, He doesn't name Jesus, but it's clearly who he is talking about um, all the way through. And I'd just like to, um, just as a almost an aside really, but just pick up on that little title, "The Lion of Judah." Because that is referring all the way back, virtually to the beginning of the Bible. Uh, Genesis chapter 49, verses 8 to 10. This is where Jacob was blessing his sons and he blesses all all of his sons. And this is what he says about Judah. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down, like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. Isn't that amazing? The lion of Judah is there virtually at the start of the Bible, and it's there virtually at the end. Uh, as well, the lion of Judah. Think about how many hundreds and thousands of years passed between what Jacob said and Jesus. it 's amazing, isn't it? Um, so it turns out, back in, in Revelation verse six, uh, he sees a lamb. So it turns out that the lion of Judah is actually a lamb, the lion and the lamb. And I think that's a, a significant thing. You know, it's, the, it's almost a contrast with the lion, isn't it? And I think that's a significant thing in understanding revelation and in understanding uh, how he conquers, how his strength is shown, not in the, the strength of, as we know with um, Palm Sunday, as we heard last, last Sunday, not in riding into Jerusalem on a, a warrior's horse, but actually on a donkey. No, it's through humility and gentleness that his strength is shown. And he's um, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. Remembering from two weeks ago, the, um, the living creatures represent all creation and the elders are all of God's people. Um, you might think, how can he be standing on the throne if God's the father is already sitting there? Um, this isn't, like I said, this isn't supposed to be a literal vision. This isn't supposed to be, he's not supposed to be standing on one on top of the other or anything like that. We're not supposed to think about it like that. But he's standing at the centre. He's the centrepiece. He's the centrepiece. And I, I just find that so significant, you know, that at the centre, if you like, of heaven, at the centre of the universe, there is the Lamb. There is the Lamb who was slain. And, um, and the Lamb is, uh, is worshipped and um, all of the, the, uh, the four living creatures and not all of the, all the creation and the, the elders, the people of God, fall down before the Lamb. And it's a very um, strong affirmation of who Jesus is, isn't it? You know, the Son of God, who is worthy of our, of our worship. You know, because there are some who um, will worship God But will not worship jesus and actually as christians we have to say no we you know we need to worship the father and the son and the holy spirit um and i love this little phrase here i mean there's so much to pick up on in in revelation you could go on for hours which i won't um but uh, each each of them it says had a harp they were holding golden balls full of incense which are the prayers of god's people and I love that, that little insight. You know, prayers are, are like the, the bowls of incense. Sometimes I know people think and, and struggle with, does God want to hear from me? You know, should I pray, does God want to hear from me? And I wonder if this might help a bit, thinking that our prayers are like incense rising up to God, are like a, a fragrant smell, you know, something uh, you know, which you like, which you enjoy, which is pleasant, a pleasing aroma. Uh, to the Lord. That's our, our prayers to God. Now, someone once said that God is more ready to hear us than we are to pray. And I always think of that about that when I pray, that you know, even if I don't feel like, like praying, remember that God is more ready to hear us than we are to pray. And, um, and they, they sing this new song. It says, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased um, and so on you are worthy because you were slain so what makes the lamb worthy of being able to open the scroll being able to to unlock if you like all of human history is because he was slain and this is um really in line with what it says elsewhere in the new testament So just if I read one passage, for example, Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, a passage I'm sure will be familiar to you. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So because he was obedient even to death on a cross, therefore God exalted him. Because the lamb was slain, he is worthy to open uh, the scroll. Because he was obedient to the Father, because he was perfectly obedient, because he was perfect love, then he uh, he is counted worthy. And he has redeemed, as it says, a new people to himself. He's uh, made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. So he has brought... Uh, together a new people for God, a new creation, and that will be significant going through Revelation, that this is what Jesus has done. He's brought to himself a new people for God. He's redeemed us. Um, And then uh, the vision goes on and and, uh, John sees and hears the voice of many angels Uh, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand it's not supposed to be again that you know we're not supposed to get the calculator out and say ten thousand times ten thousand but it it's actually supposed to be just a a number that's beyond counting you know a number that's that's beyond counting that's just what it says again um, elsewhere so for example in hebrews chapter 12 verse 22 it says you have come to mount zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Again, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what it is surrounding the Lord, surrounding the Lamb. Thousands upon thousands beyond count uh, worshipping him. And they're singing uh, a song saying, uh, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. So they are repeating that and singing and praising God. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. He's the only one who is worthy. And they're worshipping and praising him for that. And then every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them joined in. And they, they, they say a, a similar song. Um, and it's very similar actually to, again, what it says in Philippians how every knee will bow before him. Um, that's, I don't think that means that everyone will be saved. No, that's not what it means. But that one day everyone, everything, will acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord. And um, that will be good news for those who believe and trust in Jesus, but not good news for those who do not. Um, because everyone will see that Jesus is the Lord of, and the centre of all of creation and then um, the four living creatures just add their amen at the end, and the elders fall down and worshipped. What an amazing passage, you know, just all of creation, everything, giving everything to worship the Lamb. And what a difference it is reading this to, to the way that the world looks at the present time. Because it doesn't seem like this to us, does it? You know, that this is a vision of what, of reality... It's not what we see with our eyes just at the present moment, is it? But what this is saying is that the, the lamb that was slain, the message that we celebrate at Easter time, is not an irrelevance, it's not a fringe thing which is only for a few people in the corners of, of the country. It's not an irrelevance, but actually is at the centre of everything. The lamb that was slain is at the centre of absolutely everything, all of human history. It's at the heart of it all. And I think that's an encouragement to us if we feel like, you know, as Christians we are becoming more and more marginalised. Because the truth is that the lamb, the slain lamb, is at the centre of it all, whether people acknowledge it or not. And that we are not there on our own, but we are with the, the thousands upon thousands of, of angels and the heavenly beings who are worshipping the Lamb and all of God's people throughout history. In fact, actually, there's a lovely, um, there's a lovely line in the communion service which we'll say uh, in a few moments, um, therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. And uh, you think about this passage in the light of, uh, of that. We're joining in here with just what's happening in in heaven you know we're not on our own we're not few in number but we are great in number if you you think about everything in in creation worshiping the lamb and what does this say about the way that we need to do things um, and perhaps practical things that we can take into this coming week Um, there are just a couple of things that i'd like to suggest i mean there are so this touches upon everything doesn't it but there are just a couple of things that I'd like to suggest for us to think about. The first thing is that, you're know, thinking about the lion and the lamb, you know, how the cross was God's triumph. The cross was Jesus' triumph over evil. The cross is our victory. And that's, that changes how we, how we approach uh, the matter of, of evil and, and, and sin. You may have heard of the uh, Emperor Constantine He was um, one of the Roman emperors in in around um, uh, 325 AD, something like that. And um, it was under him that the um, Christianity began to be tolerated in the Roman Empire. He had a vision. I think this was a vision, I think it was at the Battle of Milvian Bridge or something like that. I can't remember the exact, um, exact name, but there was a battle. And he just had this vision of a cross sort of shining in the sky. And he heard the words in this sign we conquer, in this sign we conquer, in the cross. And he, uh, he converted to, uh, to Christianity, although there is some doubt as to whether he really genuinely did, because he didn't seem to change his behaviour very much afterwards. But there we go. Um, who are we to judge? And this sign we conquer. And that's, uh, that's true for us as well, isn't it? You know, it's in the cross that we conquer, that we defeat evil, that we defeat sin, in our own lives and in the world, and that changes how we should deal with it with evil. Now we shouldn't try to to overcome evil with more evil. For example, this is what it says in Romans uh, chapter twelve, verse uh, twenty-one. It says, "Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good," and that's the cross, isn't it? That's what Jesus did. Didn't overcome evil with evil, but overcame with good. And that's what we need to do as well. And this is at the centre of everything. You know, that this message of the cross is at the centre of everything. So that should be at the centre of of our lives as well. The second thing is that we need to be an Easter people. There's a line in one of the um, the morning prayer services, I think, um, where we say we are an Easter people um, if you remember. And um, I like that line because I think that is true that we do need to be an Easter people, as it were, that the the lamb that was slain is not something which is only true at Easter time once a year, but it's true the whole year round. And that's why we take uh, communion, we take the bread and the wine all year round. Um, but also it's it's something which is true in our lives all year round, you know, that we need to be to be worshipping the Lord. We need to be uh, praising the, the Lamb that was slain, all, all the time. And I know I speak for myself when I say I'm not, um, I don't always feel like that, if I'm honest. In fact, to be honest, there's not much of the time when I really feel like, you know, giving glory and praise to the Lamb. Um, and that's something that we need to be, to be praying for and asking for God's help with. Because actually, however we feel, you know, we remember we're caught up in this worship, of, of the Lamb. We're caught up in this worship where all the time you know, we'll be singing praise to God. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. That's what's going on in heaven and that's what uh, needs to be going on in, in our lives as well. Giving glory and praise to the Lamb and looking forward to taking our place. and Looking forward to taking our place uh, when we will join in that praise of the Lamb and also in, in the new creation to, of being part of that people that, that Jesus has redeemed. Now, looking forward to taking our place in the new creation. And that's how we worship and praise. So let's, uh, as we close, let's take a moment to pray. Know that there's been a lot, there's a lot in Revelation, and I'm sorry if all of this is um, you know, a bit over, overwhelming, but really it's just such a, a wonderful and encourage, encouragement, I think, to think about, you know, if you like peeling back the window into heaven and looking in and saying that's what's happening and we're caught up in that worship worship and praise of the Lamb. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, opportunity to look into what is happening in the heavenly realms right now. And uh, we pray that you would help us to, to play our part in the worship of the Lamb. And we pray, Lord, that You would help us to be encouraged uh, that we are not uh, on our own. We are not few in number, but that there are many thousands of angels. There are many thousands of your people through the world who are worshipping and praising you. And we join in with them. So please help us, Lord, um, and to remember day by day that the cross is our victory. To remember that uh, we do not overcome evil with more evil, but only with good. We pray that you would help this, uh, help us to um, take this into, uh, put this into practice in our lives. We pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.